0: Chapter 30. Feet on the Ground. Rain pelted Nix's face. She lay on the grass trying to figure out what was going on. She remembered Jordan's plan to astrally project her. Then something about wiggling her heart? Then writhing in pain on the wet grass. Her body did not feel right. Her head throbbed. Both lungs felt filled with water. Each breath sent jolts of pain up her sides. Jordan, what's wrong? Amy shouted over the patter of rain. Is Nix hurt? Nix is fine. Get in the house now! Jordan removed the blood pressure cuff. Let's get you out of the rain. He studied the hammock so she could climb out, a thoughtful gesture, but Nix's body had other ideas. For the second time in ten minutes, she fell on her face, and now she couldn't seem to pick herself back up. For some reason, her muscles refused to work properly. With a cry of surprise, Nix realized she couldn't feel her limbs. Jordan ignored the renewed shrieks of his sister and rushed to help Nix from the ground. I'm fine. She willed her fingers to make sure they still worked. Just give me a minute to get the blood flowing again. Jordan pushed his wet hair back from his forehead. Are you sure you don't want me to carry you into the house? An absurd notion. Still, Jordan was cute when he tried to be chivalrous. It's just rain. I'm not gonna melt. Help your sister. By this time, Amy had progressed into a hysterical fit of snot and tears. Jordan muttered something disparaging about the female range of emotions and carried Amy into the house. Nix lay breathing into the wet grass. The smell reminded her of being stuck in a muddy grave. She felt like she was missing something. Had she passed out? She'd had the craziest dream about some kind of giant glowing portal. Maybe Jordan really had put something in her cereal. What a strange day this was turning out to be. She managed to roll into a seated position and from there crawl over to the tree, where she pulled herself up and hobbled toward Jordan's garage. Nix noticed with some relief she could feel her toes again. By the time she made it into the garage and sat down on a large roll of carpet, Nix felt a little more like herself. Her limbs had lost the cold molasses sensation, and the alarming numbness had been replaced by pins and needles. Jordan appeared in the doorway, towels draped over each arm. Aren't you coming in? In a minute. Nix methodically squeezed the water from her hair. How's Amy? Jordan stepped out and shut the door. I told her we were practicing for our play. She's back to her game. He sat next to Nix and pulled his wet shoes up underneath him. I don't know why we still have this carpet sitting in here. My mom was going to redo the basement. They delivered her order two days after she died. I guess my dad didn't know what to do with it. A cool breeze blew through the garage, and Nix wrapped the towel around her shoulders. So, are you going to tell me what happened? Jordan asked in a hushed voice. What happened when? Seriously? Seriously what? Jordan's face went slack oh no, who's the president of the United States? Why? Just tell me, Jordan shouted. What's seven times seven? Forty-nine, psycho? Bush's president, did I pass? Or do you want me to recite the state capitals? Jordan narrowed his eyes. I could probably get a few. You were dead for over three minutes. You seriously don't remember anything? Nix froze. Dead? Like, not breathing dead? Jordan stood. I'm gonna call an ambulance. Something is- Nix put her hands up. Seriously wrong with- Will you shut it for a second? Nick started with the one image she could remember clearly. The glowing portal. No, it was the sun. She'd gone up through the clouds. She had flown. Give me a notebook. She worked backward from the sun, sifting through her brain for fragments of her dream. After several minutes, she felt like she had the bare bones down in the right order. Since her writing wasn't remotely legible with recently dead fingers, Jordan took the pad and wrote it out again while she dictated. First she told how she'd slowed her body, then found the switch and began to gain control of her insides. Then she explained what it felt like to slip out and somehow see in all directions at once. She tried to describe the sun, but ended up sounding ridiculous. Occasionally, Jordan would get caught up in listening and forget to write, but Nyx always noticed and waited until he was current before she continued. As she spoke, she remembered new details. Finally, as much as Nix could dredge out of her memory was recorded. She slumped as if a great work had been done. It was all on paper. Even if she forgot it, even if she could never do it again, it was there in ink and she would have the story forever. Not that anyone would believe it. Jordan set down the pad and leaned against the wall. He stared at the far end of the garage with a blank expression. Are you okay? Nix asked. It still doesn't feel real, Jordan said. We actually did it. Well, you did it. You were very helpful with that blood pressure thing. I almost called the paramedics again. My dad would have loved that. His eyes went wide. He ran back into the yard and returned with the bag of his equipment. He dried the phone with the only dry part of his shirt. Did you hear me tell you to put the phone down? Nix asked. Jordan shook his head. Were you trying to talk to me? The phone beeped on at a touch. He exhaled. Yeah, and I thought you heard. At least you dropped the phone when I yelled at you. His eyes slid out of focus. Okay, I did feel something. At first I thought I couldn't make my mind up about whether to call, but the last time the thought was strong. Like, it came out of nowhere. The weird thing? More than the actual words. I could hear how urgent you were. I guess from the tone of your voice? Or maybe the pitch? I swear I heard you get all high and screechy. Next, watched the water pour down from the roof outside. You heard my voice, but not any words? Sort of. The different tones sort of flowed into me, like when a song gets stuck in your head. I can't see how that would be very useful. Jordan cracked his knuckles. So let's get this straight. You can't die? I mean, if someone shot you, could you just come back to life? Or are you like a cat nine times and you're finished? If I've been doing it in my sleep for at least a year, it has to be way over nine times. I think the only reason I can go back into my body is because it's healthy. Well, other than my heart not beating, but I can take care of that. Should we tell someone? The government would probably want to know about this. Maybe you could work for the CIA. Nix picked at the carpet with a fingernail. It would be helpful to have someone examine her and figure out exactly how she could do this, make sure she wasn't going to accidentally kill herself, permanently. But on the other side, what would the government do to her? Would they think she had too much power? Being able to go anywhere, anytime, would definitely be some sort of security threat. What if they made it illegal for her to do it again? What if they kept her locked up for the rest of her life, doing tests? Maybe we should wait to tell anyone. Nick said. At least until we get a better idea of what this is all about. That's always what the kids say in movies, Jordan said. They find some contrived excuse not to tell the adults some important information, then end up having to save the world by themselves. Not wanting to be treated as a national security risk? Is that contrived? You think the government will let me decide how to use my superpowers? Jordan climbed back up onto the carpet. But doing it on your own is too dangerous. This is life after death we're talking about. He stopped and fixated on the wall. Oh, man. He slid onto the cement floor and put his head in his hands. What? Nick stood up. Happily, her legs felt almost normal and held her weight without any problem. Oh, man. What is it, Jordan? She couldn't quite place the look on his face. Something between relief and wonder. Then she knew. Life after death. The one person he thought he'd never see again. Your mom. Jordan smiled. It wasn't his mischievous smile, and it wasn't even his happy-to-be-having-fun-with-my-best-friend smile. Nix had never seen this smile before. Somehow his face brightened and a light behind his eyes ignited. Nick sat next to Jordan on the concrete floor. Neither of them said anything for a while as they listened to the rain slapping on the driveway. Do you think you could find her? Jordan asked finally. See how she's doing? Nix grimaced. I wouldn't know where to look. I didn't see any ghosts floating around your yard. I guess I could try the cemetery. But it seemed like kind of a stretch that his dead mom would be hanging out at the graveyard, waiting for her son's best friend to make contact. Jordan clapped his palms together. Dude! Aventroth's mansion! Fawn scared you so bad your heart stopped. I think you're getting a little carried away. Listen, the ghost was probably there the whole time, but you only saw him when you left your body. You didn't pass out. You died. If it was a ghost, it was too old to be Quincy, and he definitely didn't look old enough to be Mr. Abendroth. Maybe it was just some random ghost. He sucked in his breath. What if we went back and talked to him? Maybe he saw what happened to the Abendroths. Jordan, are you done with your play? I'm getting hungry. Amy stood in the garage. Nix hadn't even heard the door open. Jordan rolled to his feet and did a strange, crouching demon walk toward his sister Amy recoiled, but he scooped her up into a rib-cracking hug. Get off! It's gonna be all right, Amy. Nix, tell him to let go! Jordan, stop hugging your sister. As soon as Amy was inside, gnawing on her microwave hot dog, Nix and Jordan set off for the computer room, where they emptied the ink cartridge, printing out page after page on cardiac tissue, near-death experiences, involuntary muscles, anything that might be remotely useful when planning to leave one's body. When they needed a break, they played Monopoly or challenged Amy at her race car game. Nick soon remembered why she never played video games with Jordan's little sister. She was not what one would call a gracious winner. I left you three times, Amy screamed with glee. I even let you have the fast car, Nix groaned. Do we have to do another one? Why don't you play your pony game? That's lame. Besides, I already beat it. Hey, Nix, Jordan called from the computer room. Come here, Suck. I found something. Nick's mouthed sorry to Amy and hobbled down the hall, shaking her leg to get the feeling back into it. Perfect timing, Nick said as she entered the cramped room. Amy was starting to get on my nerves. Welcome to my nightmare. Jordan didn't take his eyes off the computer screen. Listen to this. After five minutes without oxygen, the brain can begin to suffer irreparable damage. You mean if my body stops breathing for more than five minutes, I'll have brain damage? See? My freaking out was totally justified. I guess I'll have to keep my trip short. Jordan powered down the computer. So what's your plan? Plan? Yeah, Jordan said. You just discovered you can go anywhere and see anything. You really haven't thought of anything you want to do? I have some ideas. But since most of those involved following Tiago around like a puppy, she didn't elaborate. Although Jordan didn't press, the question troubled Nyx. Was there something she was supposed to accomplish? Now that Sarah's safety was no longer in her hands, Nix felt a little directionless. That evening on the walk home, Nix molded over. The same questions kept cycling through her mind. Should Nix leave her body to watch Sarah without her permission? Why had Nix been the one to inherit this gift? Would a grown up have a better idea of what she was supposed to do? She could always go to an adult later. First, she'd learn to control and use the ability effectively. Maybe so effectively that they wouldn't be able to take it away from her. Too bad Nix hadn't figured out how to leave her body a couple of weeks earlier. She could have flown out of the grave and gotten help from anyone she wanted. An image flashed in Nix's mind. A tiny beach house surrounded by stars. Nix clung to the memory, pulling at it in search of the rest. The window spills light onto the front porch. Nix looks through the front window. Jordan, Amy, and the grandparents play dominoes around a table. Jordan leans back in his chair. Nix shouts his name. Jordan loses his grip on the table. Nick stopped walking. Had she actually caused him to fall? She tried to think back to that night in the cemetery. It must have been about eleven o'clock when she finally dozed off in the grave. She couldn't have been asleep very long. Was it possible she left her body and traveled over fifty miles to a place she'd never been, just to startle her best friend into cracking his head open? Then she must have gotten back within five minutes. The whole idea seemed absurd. Mrs. Wack popped out of her bedroom. "'Where are you going?' I just finished the litter, Nick said. I'm going to sleep. Oh, no, you're not. I've got something else for you to do. I want you to give all the cats a good brushing. Brushing? Did her mother sit at home thinking up ridiculous chores to waste her time? Why? Maybe they wouldn't be contracting all kinds of diseases if they were groomed properly. Now I've got this. Hey, you took that out of my room. It was the hairbrush Sarah had given her. "'It's not as if you ever brushed that tangled mane anyway. "'It was just sitting around. "'I decided the cats might as well get some use out of it.' "'Sitting around? "'It was in my top drawer under my socks and underwear.' Nick's grabbed for the brush. "'Mrs. Wack held it out of reach. "'A thick layer of gray hair coated the bristles. "'She had already used it on the cats. "'It's my house. "'I can go where I want. "'That brush was given to me by a friend.' Nick said, her voice cold. I'm not using it to brush your cats. If they die, they die because you keep them cooped up in this trailer, not because they didn't groom them. A look of shock crossed Mrs. Wack's face, but it was too dramatic to be real. I don't know how many times we've been through this. They're the family cats and your responsibility. A look of supreme satisfaction replaced the shock on Mrs. Wack's face. nick cringed. Had she forgotten everything she'd learned about surviving at home? Apologize, play ignorant, and pretend to be deaf. This conversation would have been over by now if Nix had stuck to the routine. Now that Nix had taken up the rope, she was in for a three-hour game of tug-of-war. Even if Nix shut down now, her mother was wound up enough to go on for at least an hour on her own. And if they die, Mrs. Wack said, imitating Nix's icy tone, it will be because you didn't get the medicine like I asked. As if to prove her point, muffled yowling issued from the other end of the hall. It sounded as if the quarantine room was getting crowded. Nyx knew she should stop now, but she couldn't help herself. Something felt different inside her. Whatever it was, it wouldn't let her roll over and play dead like before. She was through listening to lectures. I'll have to save up for it, Nick said. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm exhausted. Nick strode toward her bedroom. Her mother could lecture all she wanted in the hall, but Nix would be asleep with the pillow over her head. Relief and adrenaline gripped her. She'd never walked out on a lecture before. It felt so liberating. Mrs. Wax's ramblings rose in pitch as Nix reached for the knob. Nothing she could say would make Nix turn around. She gripped the knob. I saw Mr. Dibble today!